This podcast is brought to you by Spotlight Branding. Whether your firm only gets a few referrals or it's 100% of your business, you have the opportunity to double your referrals through educational, informative content. The pros at Spotlight Branding can help you create that content through blogging, videos, email newsletters, and more, all designed to help you increase your referrals and attract the kinds of clients you want to work with. Visit spotlightbranding.com slash pod to learn more. That's spotlightbranding.com slash P-O-D. This is Center Stage, putting your firm in the spotlight by highlighting business owners and other industry experts to help take your firm to the next level. Hey everyone, and welcome to Center Stage. I'm your host, John Henson. And this week we are talking about another really cool uh, personality assessment that we've used here uh, internally here at Spotlight Branding to better understand how each of us work, how we fit into our roles, or what maybe even what roles fit certain types of people. Uh, we've had episodes in the past on this show about Enneagram and Clifton Strengths, and I encourage you to go back and check those out. But this week, we are talking about the Colby assessment. I'm sure a lot of you are very familiar with that. And so I am joined by certified Colby instructor Dominic Lafredo this week to tell us all about it. Dom, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. Glad to be here. Awesome. So, you know, for those who aren't familiar, Dom is with uh, a group called Million Dollar Solution. Uh, we've had Julie Steinbacher on the show a couple of times, uh, and I'm sure he will tell us more about uh, that great organization later on. But before we dive in, you know, tell me uh, a little bit about how you got involved in Colby and and why you're here today. Yeah. So uh, the the background of my job, um, a lot of it involves the the human resources, the the people side of um, law firms and businesses. Um, and we've been using, uh, our company has been using Colby for 15 years now, um, give or take. And beginning of the pandemic, right, part of my job is event planning. That slowed down. And, uh, you know, I wanted to, we're, we're big on the, the continued learning and development. And um, their opportunity arose to attend a training to get Colby certified uh, since we use that in a, uh, a lot uh, in the hiring process, talent management, development ongoing, um, you know, yeah. from, from beginning to end. So, um, that's kind of where I jumped into it. It was uh, pitched to me in a way that really resonated with uh, human resources and just in people management as a whole. And so that's really why uh, why and when I when I dived in. Awesome. And so kind of, you know, broadly speaking, you know, what is the Colby Index Assessment and how does it kind of differ from other kind of like personality tests like a Myers-Briggs or a Clifton Strengths or stuff like that? That's a great question, John. So uh, both parts of that question actually merge um, really well together. So the Colby, um, unlike most personality assessments, it looks at a different part of the mind. So the, the foundation of the Colby assessment um, is based on the three parts of the mind, which is your cognitive, right? That's your your learned, your, your life experiences. Uh, that's always changing, right? As you experience, learn, adapt uh, to new things. Then the other part of your mind is the effective, right? That's your feelings and your emotions, that, that kind of changes with different stages of life or different priorities, right, in your life. Um, and then the third part of your mind, which is um, one of the most uh, misunderstood words in the, the English dictionary, is conative. Uh, I had not heard of it until I got certified, but conative is your natural instincts, right? It's the do part 
uh, of your of your being. And so yeah. the Colby evaluates and assesses the the doing the conative part of your mind. So like Clifton Strengths, Myers Briggs, um, Disc. Uh, there's there's a bunch of them. They all have their yeah. place. They can be used um, to to help your business in a variety of ways and really well. So I'm not discrediting them in any way, but they yeah. all evaluate either the the cognitive or the effective parts of your mind. So that's the biggest difference in the two. Um, and my easiest way to to kind of highlight Colby is it, the instinctual part. It, it defines what's what makes us left or right handed, right? Why things just click doing it this way. Um, and yet someone else can do it a completely different way. And it's good for me to do it my way. And it's good for you to do it your way. Yeah. So um, the, the Colby uh, upon that, right? And where it expands is it really helps us um, define um, like if you're giving a, a task or a project, if you have the freedom to go about completing that task any way you please, the Colby is going to help clarify why you went about and why you solved that problem or solved or, or completed that task that exact way. And it's how you, um, it's just your, your process going, going through that. And that's where we use it in, uh, in firms with the, the hiring and the development. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, after I took this, uh, you know, quiz, it was one that, like you said, you know, it it did really explain, you know, why I do things the way I do them or how I do them and really made a lot of sense. And then, you know, as we kind of implemented this uh, throughout our, our company, uh, we started noticing a pattern and we'll get into um, so like what the different scores mean in the, in the categories, because um, there's, there's basically you, you take this assessment, you answer a few questions and then you are given four numbers based on basically four different categories uh, or four different traits or whatever, you know, you got fact finder, follow through, quick start and implementer. And so uh, it's like what, one through 10. And so the higher the number, the more like that trait you are more or less, you know, for lack of, you probably have some better language than I do on that. But, you know, it, it was, it was very interesting to see, you know, how, everyone else scored. And then to kind of look at it through that lens, it's like, oh, that's why they kind of work the way they do, or that's, you know, that's why they ask those questions that way or, or anything like that. So let's dive in to each of these four kind of categories or sections of the Colby. And let's start with fact finder. What is it, what is, what does it mean to be a fact finder or a high fact finder versus a low fact finder, stuff like that? That's a great question. I do have to point out my chart. So I don't know how well yes. you can see this, but this is a chart everyone gets with their own personalized results. Um, every employee um, has one of these on their desk, right, to reference. So the the fact finder, um, and I'll call that the, the first mode, is how you handle data, right? So it, it's information based, right? So going from one to 10, and I will point out the Colby actually flips their chart upside down. So usually on a scale of one to 10, one is at the bottom, 10's at the top because one's looked at as a poor score and 10's looked at as a great score. Um, Colby's upside down. So one is at the top, 10's at the bottom. And they oh, do that okay. to disassociate with a positive negative result. Um, and that's just because a, a one and a 10 all, all have their place and are, are equally as valuable, which will make sense here more when I explain this. But so the fact finder, people... This again evaluates how you handle information and, and data. So I'm an eight. I, I am an initiating fact finder, meaning that is my most dominating trait. So I like a lot of details. So mm -hmm. if I'm I'm given a project or or um, someone asks me a question, 
I'm going to send them a lot of information, right? I like the yep. research part of it. I want to make sure kind of things are flushed out ahead of time, yep. um, which, right, that has its place. Um, in the legal industry, you need lots of information. So a lot of law firms are heavy on fact finders because, again, uh, legal, you, you got to have that that quality of data and information um, in order to do good legal work. Yep. The op- opposite side of a fact finder. So like your ones, twos, threes, right? They are the people who are really good at uh, taking a, a big spreadsheet or just uh, reading a big report and saying, here, here are the three most important sentences or, or facts to pull out of it. They, they can um, j- just reduce the clutter. I am not a good person for that because I'm like, oh man, how can you eliminate all this stuff? Like that, that's a good bit to learn from that, you know, right? So yeah. again, th- that's the... You know, my example of why a, a, a one and a 10 are both good to have on the team uh, yeah. to balance one another out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know, you know, especially for me, uh, like I, I was like a seven, like, so I'm I'm up there yeah. with you on like, you know, I ask all these questions and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get all these details and, you know, for, and it's interesting, you know, working with someone who's on the opposite side of that, who, you know, can, can just kind of pick things really quickly and move on because it's to your point, I'm sitting there like, how, how can you, what, what about this thing? Or what about this thing? Or, you know, did you ask this question or look at it from this angle? And so it's, it's, it is just really interesting how you, even just from the first mode, like you said, you start to develop and really understand how, you know, different people can work. And obviously there are things in between. I don't want to turn this into, you know, uh, like there's two different types competing against each other, but, uh, but yeah, so that's fact finder. What about follow through? What is that? Yeah, so follow through mode or the follow through mode evaluates how you handle systems and processes, right? So it's along the same uh, line, right, as Fact Finder, where do you want a, a lot of systems? Uh, do you want to build the system or do you want to find the shortcut, right? Again, people who can find a shortcut in a, um, well, I'll say like in our world, a, a crisis appointment, right? They got to figure out how to do this quicker. Um, yeah. That's that's super valuable. But also in the legal industry, you have to have a lot of procedures. It's very system driven in a lot of law firms, right? And that's needed. Yeah. So people who are um, on the the higher end of the, the follow through spectrum, they're, they're the people you want building the systems. People in the middle, those are people who maintain, they'll, they'll tweak it here or there, but they're they're along the mindset of, you know, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Then you have the, the other end of it where they're, it's actually called resisting follow through. Who the, you're a one, twos, and threes, and those are people who are going to find the quickest way to do it. Yeah. Um, so that's where the the follow through comes in. And I do want to point out you you kind of led into it of the the two sides of the fact finder, two sides of the follow through. It applies to every mode that yeah. we're going to discuss, but that really determines how we communicate, and that's a big piece that we use it um, in the hiring aspect, um, right? So one flushing out um, what kind of candidates you need, what kind of candidates mm-hmm. that that position really is uh, is going to benefit from. And then how do we communicate to this new hire, right, on training? Because it actually needs to look different based on your Colby. Um, and the communication aspect is key. I always give the the example of my boss when I first started. I'm a fact finder. So I'd give her a long email when I was tasked with something. And she would say yes, or great, or good, or like, let me know what's next. That's it. And I'd be like, oh, she's upset. She j- like I had all this information in an email. Nope. She's just on the lower end of the, the fact finder, right? So she needs less details yeah. than me. She just reads the first three, four bullet points enough to get enable her to make a decision. 
and she's good. So yeah. it's a big part in understanding each other's Colby's of, of making sure we can communicate um, appropriately so that I communicate to you in a way that you can learn and vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and I want to, I want to move to this third one here because this is, you know, at least for me, and this is where maybe I have some different kinds of questions. The third one is quick start. And I've always seen the first three as being a little bit similar to each other, or at least related to each other in a way. And we'll talk about the fourth one in a minute, but for me, and, and tell me if you've seen something different for me, Someone who's, you know, the, the eight, nine, 10 or seven, eight, nine or whatever, as a fact finder, at least from what I can tell, or at least in my mind, you can't also be, um, or you are not, how do I want to say this? You're on the opposite end of the quick start. You know, you're, you're good with, uh, going to, and this is the third one. The quick start is the third one, or, uh, you know, if you are, uh, you know, high end or seven, eight, nine on the fact finder, you're also probably or potentially even a higher number on the follow through. Have you seen that sort of thing in that? And we'll get to that. Actually, you know what? Here we go. I'm all over the place right now. Explain quick start and then answer my first question about, sure. you know, if those are kind of related, if you've seen that or, or if there is some sort of correlation with that. Yeah. So the quick start mode is how you handle risk and uncertainty, right? So what is, what's your tolerance for risk, right? Um, are you a, a, a big idea person that wants to go out and um, right, create these different marketing campaigns or, or business plans, or it doesn't even have to be as extreme or as big as a business plan per se, um, but it, it all gauges what your, your risk level is, right? So yeah. um, the people who are initiating, who are the, the sevens through tens, Right, they're um, looked at as more creative. I, I don't wouldn't always use that term necessarily because they're not always in creative roles, right? Because creative people think of like the graphic aspect or, or marketing mm-hmm. aspect of the world, um, yes. which is you know a lot in your industry, right? But yeah. um, those who are resisting quick start, so ones, twos, threes, and I'm a two, are uh, they're they're focused more on stable stabilizing things, right? Providing stability, eliminating risk. Right. So I mentioned event planning is part of it, a uh, part of my role. Um, yeah. what, what risks should we take? What things have worked really well? What things have uh, have failed? What things have we heard, you know, to test out yeah. here and there to kind of, um, you know, process of elimination to provide that stability. And now what you mentioned, John, I've seen that based on the exact position in a firm. Right. So that's different based on a paralegal role executive director or office manager, and then owner attorney role, the yeah. firms we work with. So it's not necessarily that you can't um, because I can, you know, and I've read a lot of, of Colby assessments and I've known the people I've tried to predict. Um, and they, when you get certified, they tell you don't, um, yeah. that you're always going to be wrong at least for two out of the four modes. <laughs> it's one will catch you off guard. Um yeah. And that that's what happens a lot. So what I've seen a lot in that, um, and again, it's it's really industry-based, is that the business owners or attorneys that we work with, being attorneys, right, have the fact finder, right? They have that desire, that need yeah. for in-depth detail and precision. Yeah. But then as a business owner, right, th- their tolerance for risk is a little bit higher. Now, that's not everybody across the board, obviously, mm-hmm. okay. but a lot of them tend to have, you know, a, a four or five and quick start or higher typically. Okay. Um, but I do know several who have, uh, you know, are, you know, eights, seven eights in, in each as well. 
But again, it, it really it varies on the industry, I think, is because yeah. people are drawn to what fits their their MO, right? Uh, and that's what the Colby is, is your MO, yeah. really, and what you're what you're about instinctively. Yeah. And, and that's just so interesting to me because just like in the way that my mind works, it's like I need to have answers to a bunch of different questions to feel good about the risk that I'm going to take. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and so that's why, you know, me, I'm like, I'm higher on the fact finder and I'm lower on the quick start. And, and to me, like, I've always seen that as kind of a relationship, but I mean, to your point, and I'm glad that you explained that where it's like some of the more entrepreneurial minded, uh, you know, law firm owners, they probably are a little bit more quick start because they're, you know, they're in that mode of, of growing and, and all that. So that's, that's really good um, insight there. So then the fourth one, is implementer. And this is the one that I understand the least. So tell me all about it. Yeah. And so this is the one that is um, the most important to explain because it's where people can get uh, the most confused. And I think it's simply because of the name, right? So people hear implementer like, oh, you implement things, right? And that's tied into like the follow through, right? The process, how you like processes and procedures. Um, The implementer is actually how you handle uh, space intangibles, right? So it's very uh, physical. So uh, I am a, a three and I keep just looking at my little chart here because I'm always referencing my numbers, but yeah. uh, so I, I'm a three. So the, the lower end of the numbers of the implementer is more envisioning, right? So in, in my role, and I'm actually, we'll, we'll do a different one. So I have lots of family in the trades, my grandfather, uh, Bill Bridges. So in that setting, you're going to be someone who's like, hey, here's a great opportunity. If we put in this bridge over this river, we're going to save all this time in, in building a road. But that that person can envision that that's a need, but they are not the person to architecturally design the bridge. That's the seven, eight, nine and implementer. Those people physic- like physically building things right from scratch or tearing them apart just to figure out how to fix it. Um mm-hmm. And so a good example of this is I would call myself a car guy. Now mechanics would laugh at me for that because I only know the basics, but I grew up, you know, changing oil and brakes and and some of the basic stuff. I've done it dozens of times watching my dad and grand grandfather before I ever did it on my own. So the fact that I do that is a learned behavior. So that's, that's the cognitive part, right? It's not me just taking apart. I do not go just rip apart my car and self-diagnose things. Right. It's yeah. basic things that I've done and learned how to do time and time again from those who probably are initiating implementers, the, the seven, yeah. eight, nines. So that's the the differentiating aspect there. But it's really space intangibles. And, and so like the law firms we we work with, there's not a huge need for that. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the printers, there's a company that comes and fix the printers. Right. You have someone who fixes your spouting or, you know, the physical part of the building. Um, so you don't have to worry about that. So the, the law firms I work with are more heavy on the the fact finder follow through pieces more yeah. often than anything else, just based yeah. on what the need is for their. No, and that makes a ton of sense because you know I I'm one of those people who you know gets frustrated with the IKEA furniture after 15 minutes, even yeah. though I'm reading the instructions and the instructions don't make sense and it's just I I can't do it. But mm-hmm. I can talk about abstract ideas and, you know, kind of talk through things and and the intangible stuff a lot more. And so all of that makes a ton of sense. So how then with all of this now, with this understanding, how can a law firm use this information to 
either improve their hiring process or even better understand the roles that they have or the employees that they have? An- another great question, John. So I'll start with the hiring because that's that's the first step, right? Yeah. In the hiring process, it's really important that you know what you need, right? What you're yep. looking for. And the biggest mistake um, companies make when hiring is they're hiring based on the person who was previously in that role or themselves being in that role, right? So if, if you were previously in that role and you're hiring as a business owner, or you first start out, you tend to hire people just like you. And that creates cloning, right? Too much of, of anything is a bad thing. I forget who, who said that, but I'm sure there's probably several people who have, but yeah. Um, so you have to be careful of cloning and hiring people just like you. You need the, the diversity of strengths. The, the other aspect is, um, or if it's a new role, maybe you don't necessarily know, right? So there's a, another Colby assessment that you take and it helps define outlines based on what you answered. You need someone who's very detailed, right? Needs a, gets a lot of data or you need someone who's process heavy. Maybe you need someone to head up your marketing and you want someone who's more of a quick start and has that, that creative mindset. So it helps us um, real focus, really focus on what we, what we need for our firm and, and for, or for our business, right? Uh, with a Colby. So that, that's the first part. The, the next part is um, I always like to go to the onboarding and the training aspect. And again, that goes back to what I said about the communication of making sure that how you train this person fits their, their Colby. Because again, um, we tend to teach how we personally learn, right? But if that person learns a different way, we need to tweak our style a little bit and how we yeah. communicate those things, how we set them up. Because that either sets them up for success or it sets them up for burnout right away and over overwhelm anxiety. Because um, yeah. anything new right out the gate uh, when it comes to a job is overwhelming. You're just being inundated with new information and processes that you know you weren't exposed to before. Um, yeah. So that's a big piece. And then you're talking um, just the longevity retention of employees. The, the communication uh, is ongoing, but it's. Uh, gets more into the the team environment, right? Of making sure they then know their own Colby and then the people that um, they work with around them. Uh, again, and again, it goes with um, like meetings, right? So if you and I were on a meeting, just the two of us, John, us being fact finders, you said you were seven, we're going to go through a lot of information and we are more likely to run over our meeting. So if you and I start a meeting and then loop someone else who's not a fact finder and they're going to be like, man, they like just spent... 25 of the 30 minute meet 25 minutes of the 30 minute meeting on the first two things. And we have eight more things to get through on the agenda. So it's, it's being able to balance each other out, knowing your strengths, when to pull someone in who has a strength that's different than yours, where you're lacking and, and you need their um, to bounce ideas off them and get that and get things flowing. So that that's a big part in just the longevity of employees. It's also helped us. Um, and this is one that kind of blew me away when I was newer to Colby, where I've seen it happen um, just, just a ton of times where it's been done really well is you have an employee who's performing really well for a while or, or did well from the get-go. And all of a sudden their their productivity or their happiness drops, you just something's off. Now that can always be a personal thing affecting them, you know, at home outside of work. Um, you know, that can be addressed. But a lot of times we found that it's actually that, you know what? Um, their Colby doesn't match the position that that well. And maybe they need to be switched to a different department. So this one attorney we had um, was very detail-oriented, right? Now, we just automatically assume sometimes, and that's what we did with him, is um, 
all attorneys should be really detail oriented, but we realized that the department he was in um, did a lot of crisis work and they need to be more quick with, with their processes. Um, and he just wasn't getting things done quick enough. So we transitioned him to a department that is very, not as rushed, right? They have more time, does a great job, much better fit, happier, right? Uh, you know, go, going down the road. So that's just one example and a, a fairly basic one, but where we can help um, kind of evaluate before they get burned out and it's too late and they're already out your door and then you have to fill the position again. Because, you know, we don't just want that turnover. We want to be able to combat that as well. Turnover is not cheap. So right. we want to make sure we take care of the ones that we have here and have invested in. So that, yeah. that's another aspect of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, if someone's in a position where they are thriving and they're in the best fit for them, they're going to do that much better and, and you'll see that much more benefit from their work in it overall in the firm. Um, one final question um, that I had for you about this is sometimes when people take the Colby, they won't get results. They will get what is called in transition. We actually had someone in our office, that this happened to them when they took it. What does that mean when you get that result of being in transition? Yeah, so getting a transition result for one or, or multiple modes you got a lot going on, right? Um, a lot of the times it's you're, you're switching a new job, you're going into a new role. Um, any, I've had a couple people who just became first-time parents recently, like right when they were taking the Colby, that switched it up, just bought their first home. It's a lot of personal, but it's just things that were like, your life is changing a lot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you, we ha- you have to settle for like, they recommend three to six months before you retake it. Um, again, it, it can be a, a facet of things, but every person I've ever had it uh, was in transition. It, it's come down to to, to, to one of those. There, there's a major like shift in their life happening right now, or there, there's just a lot going on simply. And so that just means you just need to uh, give yourself some time and be able to retake it uh, in a few months to once those things are settled down a little bit. Got it. And so, you know, to kind of wrap this up then, you know, so, is there is there kind of a set time? Because obviously this doesn't sound like something that you take once and that's your results for life. You know, obviously, and, and like you said, like as you as you said at the beginning, as you go through life, you know, different experience may change how you respond to things. Is there a set amount of time or a, a certain interval where, like, hey, I took the Colby over the summer. How many years from now should I work with these results? You know, before. I maybe look at taking it again. So that's actually a good uh, a good point, John. So they actually, uh, Colby's just celebrated their 40th year um, or just over 40 years now, but they have 10, 20, and 30 year studies where you take it, you know, 30 years ago and you take it today. All of these studies revealed that you have, a, I believe it's a 94% chance or higher, um, 94% chance or higher, uh, yeah. to get the same result or same category. So like, if you're a one, you're going to be a one, two, or three. If you're a, a six, you're going to be a four, five, six, or, you know, um, you get it. But so it's very stable. And that's just the central part of you really doesn't change. The people that have requested retake it or they, when they took it, um, like, again, when you're taking it for a job, um, yeah. we always overemphasize of, listen, this does not declare if you get the job or not. This is to match up, right? Can you fit this role better? This, you know, we've had people apply for job A and actually they take the Colby like, oh no, we really like them, but 
but job B matches more like that's get them over there and that's going to be a better fit. So you have to um, gauge it in that way. But so it's not something necessarily where uh, you you have to retake it or, or necessarily should that Colby actually doesn't want you to have to re- retake it. But the big yeah. part is your, your frame of mind needs to be very, um, open, you're not answering questions to what you think should be done. Cause then, then, then you're going to get inaccurate results. You, you thought you should be very detail heavy. So you're, you answered questions like that on the Colby because it was for your job. And maybe if you were to took it again, you're actually much lower on the scale, which again, not, not necessarily bad. Um, but yeah, so that, and that's why, uh, different assessments that evaluate the effective or the cognitive parts of your mind, they do change a lot. Like mine, one, I took them a lot in college. Every professor had me take a different one, but one day I was an introvert. The next day I was an extrovert, right? It depended if it was a class that I'm comfortable going up and presenting in front of the entire class or a class that was on a topic, you know, like anything science was not my strong suit. I did not want to have to go and talk. So I was a little bit more reserved in those settings. So it really um, kind of gauges there what, what you're evaluating. Awesome. Yeah. So I, all of this has been really great. I know uh, I, you cleared some things up for me, so I, I know that's great. So I know that means everyone out there definitely learned something as well. How do you guys at MDS uh, use Colby and how can people get in touch to learn more about what you're doing with it? Yeah. So we, our, our process, we use it a lot in our hiring, right? For uh, us personally, but we also do it for other, um, other firms, law firms, financial advising firms, um, where we help you in the hiring process, right? So whether we're recruiting for you or we're just doing the Colby aspect of it, but the, your top candidates are going to take the Colby and it helps kind of evaluate what, again, looking at their natural strengths and matching it to the job. Um, to kind of help you in that final decision-making when you hopefully have a few good top-tier candidates to to select from. And there's a big aspect of, of how we use it. Um, in order, you know, getting a hold of us, um, you can reach out to me at our info at themilliondollarlawyer.com. The is included in that. Uh, that's a big one that some people miss sometimes. Uh, Colby information on our website as well, but feel free to reach out. We'd be more than happy to, to help you guys. Awesome. Yep. And I'll include that email uh, in the episode uh, show notes, but that's going to do it. Uh, Thank you so much for continuing to listen. I hope you guys really do check out the Colby assessment. Um, It really does, you know, illuminate a lot of things um, that, you know, some of these other personality assessments don't. It really does give you some really good insight into just how people attack things and execute on things and and approach, you know, how they get their work done. And so um, I know you guys are doing a lot of good work over there and helping a lot of firms out doing that. So I encourage everyone to go and uh, contact Dom and Million Dollar Solution to to get some of that process started. But that's going to do it for us this week, Dom. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks again, John. Thanks for listening. To learn more, go to spotlightbranding.com slash center stage.